This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon. Well, looks like Gian Gomeshi is all over the news again, and it appears that he is going to avoid a second sex assault trial. The word is that he will sign a peace bond, agreeing to stay away from the complainant for a year instead of facing criminal charges stemming from a workplace incident in 2008. Is he getting off scot-free, or is this the logical course of action for the Crown, which got completely whipped in the original case that he got off on? And what exactly is a peace bond? We want to hear from you, and I want to ask you, please call earlier in the show, because what's been happening lately is that the calls stack up either when I'm on top of a break or near the end, and I have to cut your comments short or I don't get to you at all. So uh, please call early, and that way we'll be sure to get your comments in the numbers 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And before we get to your calls on the Gian Gomeshi case, I am going to talk to legal expert Joseph Neuberger about this latest development. Hello, Joseph. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, thank you. Well, were you surprised by this? No, uh, at the end of the last set of charges, I thought the Crown, and I think I articulated this, would would carefully scrutinize the evidence in the next case, which was coming up. And although it was a work-related case, I thought they were going to take a very careful look at the quality of the evidence that they had to determine if they were going to be proceeding. So it seems from the news that we have now that the Crown has made a determination that it's not in the public interest or the interest of the uh, complainant to pursue this, and in fact, they may have insufficient evidence to proceed in any event. Well, the the early read that that um, we had heard was that there was perhaps a better chance of conviction because this was a workplace incident. Yeah, and unfortunately, we will never know um, all of the facts because Mr. Gomeshi knows, the complainant knows, and the Crown in their assessment will have looked at certain things which they will not put on record when uh, Mr. Gomeshi is in court tomorrow. They will make some statement. Uh, Mr. Gomeshi may something as, uh, say something as well, but we will not know the exact facts upon which this decision was made. Well, um, as far as I know, the nature of the complaint was that uh, he snuck up behind her and thrust his pelvis into her uh, backside. Right. Uh, is that... Is that uh, um, uh, would that, if that's the case, and we don't know, uh, yeah. would that be uh, assault or would that be more like harassment? No, that would constitute a sexual assault. I mean, again, the sexual assault is a very broad spectrum of uh, facts, including a touch on a thigh, a thrust like what you've described, all the way up to a forced intercourse. So it's a very broad spectrum of uh, fact scenarios that could constitute a sexual assault. 
And something like that would be perceived as indeed a sexual assault. It's certainly sexual harassment, but it would be perceived as a sexual assault. What we don't know anymore right now is exactly what was all the surrounding circumstances, um, how that has been explained in this statement, what was the relationship and dynamic between the two. I mean, there's many facts that we don't know at this time, and maybe we'll know more tomorrow, um, or maybe we won't. Uh, Okay, so what exactly is a peace bond, and how common is it? It's very, very common. Um, This happens uh, in many cases that I have uh, that involve sexual or domestic-related allegations. Um, There's two types of peace bonds. One of them is called a Section 810 peace bond. It's under Section 810 of the Criminal Code, and it's what we call in the business a recognizance. It's a court order, and it requires an individual who signs it to consent to certain terms for a period of one or two years. Typically, it's one year. There's usually a monetary value. Uh, there's no deposit on it. The typical, term, Sorry? the typical terms are to keep the peace and be of good behavior and not to have contact with the complaint. And then the charge or charges is withdrawn once that's signed. And how is that different from a restraining order? It, it's the same type of concept. It, it is. I mean, we don't really have restraining orders. In civil law, there are restraining orders that you can obtain through the civil courts. But in the criminal process, what we call a restraining order is a peace bond. Okay. So we have him signing this peace bond, but um, is there any kind of admission of guilt that goes along with it? There isn't. There's no formal admission of liability at all. The charge is withdrawn, so it is consistent with innocence. However, um, there has to be some lawful basis for a peace bond to be put in place. And usually there is some statement which is made by the Crown to say that the complainant is fearful of the accused and therefore uh, wishes for him to enter into a peace bond with the following terms, and then the accused can decide whether they want to agree to it or not agree to it. The fancy term is show cause. Um, But uh, because this is an agreement amongst counsel, we already know that he'll be consenting to enter into it. But it's not any admission of liability. There may have been a you know, you could take from it that there's certainly a boundary violation, there may have been harassing behavior, but it hasn't reached the threshold of criminal conduct. Okay, so um, it hasn't reached the threshold of criminal conduct. Uh, In in your uh, opinion, is this a matter of uh, the Crown being gun-shy after basically getting whipped in the last case, or is this, um, does this look like the most appropriate type of resolution? I I believe that this is the most appropriate resolution. I mean, I I know the Crown had a very difficult time with the case, but again, it was circumstances in which very important evidence was shielded from the investigators and from the Crown. And when that came out in cross-examination, it was absolutely devastating. And there may be other issues that are relevant to this other charge that the Crown now is carefully scrutinizing. So if the Crown felt they had a strong case, they wouldn't back away from it just because of the uh, acquittals on the first round. But I think this is an appropriate way to deal with it, because if there is no reasonable prospect of conviction, then there's no sense in putting everybody through the turmoil of a trial. 
Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out again. And once again, callers, please call early so uh, you don't get stacked up near a break and I have to uh, cut you off. So the numbers are 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm on the line with Defence Attorney Joseph Neuberger and we're talking about Gomeshi. Yes, we're talking about Gomeshi again. He was uh, slated to face a second sexual assault trial starting on June the 6th, and now it looks like he is going to avoid that trial and instead sign what's called a peace bond where he will agree to stay away from the complainant for a year without admitting guilt. So once again, is Gomeshi getting off scot-free or uh, is this the logical end to this kind of crazy case that unfolded with uh, collusion among witnesses and and evidence being withheld? The number is 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And uh, Attorney Joseph Neuberger, does Gomeshi have any kind of recourses after an acquittal? I mean, uh, I would assume that defending these allegations has cost him whatever savings he may have. Yeah, I, I assume that the uh, legal fees were very uh, expensive. Um, he, uh, it's a good question because he could look at, we're going to look at it from two different perspectives. One of them legally, he could carefully analyze with a lawyer who specializes in uh, suing police or, or crown attorneys for prosecutions that should not have been brought, we call them malicious prosecutions, and they could look at whether the police um, did a proper investigation, whether they were grossly negligent, and then look at whether the Crown was malicious in pursuing the allegations. In my humble opinion, um, this would not be a strong civil case because based upon the allegations brought by the complainants at the time, and there were many probing questions asked by the police officers, I don't think their conduct could be regarded as negligent or certainly not the threshold of grossly negligent. And I think the Crown had an obligation to pursue it because the complainants have maintained that they did not give consent for this activity. This is a very you know, difficult area of the law to try and seek any redress for him. So he, he could analyze uh, the questions and the factual foundation to bring these actions to try and recoup his legal fees. He could pursue damages because his his, uh, his uh, persona in the public has been so tarred. But the other way of looking at it as well is Mr. Gomeshi wants to have an afterlife after this. Does he want to be in the civil court system for another two, three years uh, battling out uh, these allegations? Because the complainants can come back and say, well, it's still true, and the balance is on a balance of probability. Um, and he would be put, placing himself uh, at jeopardy again of spending inordinate amounts of money uh, where I anticipate these types of lawsuits would be vigorously defended. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is in order to resurrect himself and to have a career or, or to move on in his life, this is really not something publicly I think you'd want to keep playing out over the next few years. And um, it, it has polarized many opinions in the community. And I think this is unfortunate the way it happened. He certainly played a role in why these issues arose to some extent. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's an issue where everybody has suffered enough, and I think he should try and move on. He was definitely a talented 
uh, broadcaster, and I think you know there can be certainly an afterlife for Mr. Gomeshi once time passes, and you know the public has moved on to other cases out there uh, that they're focused on. I think he can he can probably find other ways to occupy his time and to earn a living. Well, uh, that that is a big question. A lot of people would disagree with you. Uh, let's take a call from Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Oh, hi. Good morning, Libby. Nice having you again. I'm happy that you're back on the radio. I miss Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, did you enjoy yourself in Israel? Uh, I, it was a, a work trip, and yes, I did enjoy myself very much. Well, that's nice to hear. I was there uh, during the independence of Israel. It was difficult then, but it's uh, come a long way. Y- yes, anyway, let's, let's get on. to Mr. Gomeshi. Uh, uh, yeah, hi. Um, I'm pleased to hear that... Uh, uh, the Crown, uh, the way he treated the case very diligently and in his favor. And I feel a peace bond is the only thing we can do right now, get him to sign it for a period of two years. If the claimants start uh, any reaction or start harassing or something, then he has in his favor to do something about it. Let us forget about the whole thing. Let him move forward. Let him start a new life. Let him go away, enjoy himself, a little bit of holiday come back and start a new man. And I think everything should come to a standstill. And that's the way it is. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay. So really, give him a chance. Okay, this happened. Women sometimes are very greedy. They're out for money all the time. I'm a woman. I know what life is all about. I work for lawyers. I know the way uh, divorce cases were handled by uh, the lawyers, the way they wanted more and more from the husbands. And it's a greedy thing. But mm. you have to, in marriage, you have to think about one another and not think about money all the, all These, the time. The, and in this case, it's a different case. Well, yes, it was barely a date. Uh, Margaret, thanks for your call. Thank you so much for hearing me. And I wish him all the best and good luck. Okay. Uh, Thank good you. luck for Gian Gomeshi. Let's hear from Sharon in Vancouver. Hi, Sharon. Hi there. Go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, sorry, I didn't realize that was going to be happening. I was just uh, calling to say that I also think that the three false accusers and their accomplices should be charged with something, whether that's perjury or public mischief or malicious intent. And I think that somehow they should also have to pay back the Canadian people. Um, you know, uh, Sharon, that was going to be my next question to Joseph, who is an expert, uh, to say, does Gomeshi have any recourse? Can he sue his accusers? Uh, he yeah, could. I don't know if he can, but I think that at least those, those women should have to pay back the Canadian taxpayers, as we are the ones that funded this court case. Uh, okay, let's hang on, Sharon. Let's uh, let's hear what Joseph has to say. Okay. Yeah. So, so Mr. Gomeshi would bring a, a lawsuit uh, for that. He would he would do it for that they that they fabricated and this was malicious in the circumstances. But I think what the caller is talking about is could the complainants be liable criminally and be charged by the police for public mischief or perjury, and um, and therefore be charged and possibly be responsible financially for some of the public costs of prosecution. Yes. Now, that's the interesting question. And what's important for everybody to remember is this is not the first time this has happened. This is not the first sexual assault case to ever be tried. This is just a stark example because it's in the media with somebody who's a celebrity. 
But this happens, sadly, often. And there are many cases where really it is quite apparent that a complainant has fabricated. It comes out in context, typically, which is domestic-related. It could be in a high-conflict divorce or it could be in a dating relationship. And unfortunately, there is slim to none uh, movement that I've ever seen for a complainant to ever be charged for public mischief or perjury in a situation like this. The complainants will maintain upside down and sideways that they're telling the truth. And we've seen what happened from the public is we believe in victims. And what is even more frightening sometimes is the police, I'm not going to say this police chief, but the prior one when this came out had said, because they don't want to deter future victims to come forward, that come forward and we will believe you. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen in interviews the police voicing their opinion that we believe you. And that is a complete stop to uh, any type of objective investigation. And then even after the case is done, and it looks like the complainants are lying, it's a complete stop to any complainant. And I'm not saying these, but where you have really good evidence of fabrication, any complainant ever being charged. And I, I think that would be extraordinary to happen. And uh, just, uh, but he could, Gomeshi, sue them directly? He could. I mean, he could say, you fabricated, you, you defamed me, um, and you went on this, this witch hunt, which was uh, a lie. Uh, the problem with that is, you know, they will maintain they were telling the truth. And uh, in a civil court, it's on a balance of probability. So he will go through the exact same process. They will retell their allegations. They'll be retooled for that, I can tell you, because now they've learned a lot from this criminal trial, and it'll be a protracted, very expensive type of civil prosecution. And I don't think from a a rehabilitative standpoint for him, it would be worthwhile to do that in the public eye, because it'll just keep the pain out there for everybody for years to come, and I think everybody needs to move on. And Mr. Gomeshi desperately needs to move on, whether he's out a couple of million dollars in his career, I think, uh, you know, he's a talented individual. And if he takes an objective review of this with some good seasoned advice, it may be best for him to just move on. But I I appreciate the caller's question. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, It's a very good question. Okay. Sharon, thank you very much for your call all the way from Vancouver. Thank you. And uh, right now we're going to take a quick break. We are holding on with Joseph Neuberger. And when we come back, we're going to take more of your calls back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am on the line with defense attorney Joseph Neuberger. We're talking about Gian Gomeshi and the fact that he is likely to avoid a second prosecution by signing a peace bond, uh, promising to stay away from the complainant uh, who who, uh, is complaining about a workplace incident. We're taking your calls. Is he getting off easy? Gary and Barry, hello. Hello. Um, I think maybe the, the girls, the ladies, weren't represented properly. Uh, this gentleman has a history, and I think if there was a, l- a little more concern and put into the effort to uh, looking at the, the case to where it was, like, it wasn't, to me, uh, you know, they weren't uh, advised to on how to present their case properly. So I, I think he got a partially uh, get-out-of-jail card free. Yeah. Well, I think he's, I think he's guilty. <laughs> Uh, Joseph? 
Well, this is a criminal trial. So we don't coach and prep people to uh, reshape their stories in order to get a conviction. If we do that, it's very dangerous. Well, I'm not saying reshaping, uh, but maybe a a little more uh, advice uh, in the way they did to speak of what happened. Um, You know, uh, anyways, that's just my opinion. I I wish the ladies well. Well, they, they, um, you know, they, uh, I think, wrecked their own case by by colluding the way they did. But But, you're right. Perhaps if if someone had advised them that they have to uh, mind their P's and Q's when giving the evidence, it would have been a different story. I think so, too. Thanks a lot, Libby. Okay. Thank you, Gary. Okay. We've we've got Kathy in Niagara Falls. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Um, I'm sort of on the same wavelength as the guy that just called. I just don't think that these girls... uh, I, I think they were telling the truth, but I think girls nowadays are expected to fly into bed right away at the first date, and guys expect that, and they treat them like they're ladies of the night. And I think maybe this should be an eye-opener to women out there that maybe they should stand up for themselves and not be treated that way. Maybe this wouldn't happen. Well, yeah, that's that. That's uh, that's one option. I guess uh, part of the issue with him is that he was a celebrity, and they were kind of starstruck, and probably well, it's like also Bill Cosby. But who's to say that Bill Cosby didn't didn't uh, abuse all those women? You wouldn't get all those women coming forward for nothing. Oh, you bet. You know. And that's the way I feel about him. If maybe one girl had come out and said something, you could kind of maybe, well, she might be lying. But when there's three or four, I, I think there's got to be something to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as Joseph, as you pointed out, um, not guilty doesn't mean that innocent. Mm. Or does it? Well, look, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily, but in the law, he's innocent. And, you know, no individual, male or female, on a date should ever be compelled to uh, succumb to the whims of another. Everybody has the right to choose, and that has to be respected. And if it's not respected, it may be a crime. In this particular case, there is tons of evidence of conduct subsequent to what they said was non-consensual activity, which undermined their assertions. So when you send an email saying, I, you know, sex was fantastic last night, I love your hands. I can't wait to, you know, F with you again. I mean, what are we talking about here? It's a completely different situation than somebody who is forced into bed. And those situations do happen. They result in prosecutions and convictions. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. These girls, they're their own worst enemies because they they figure that's the way things are now. Everybody has to put out, you know, to make the guy happy. And it's baloney. Well, nobody should ever feel that way. But in this particular case, we can only deal with the facts and the evidence in these cases. Mm-hmm. And what came out from at least a couple of them was that there was clear consent. Yeah. And, and one of them was actively pursuing him. You know, and, and I think that sometimes what happens is um, people let things go and then really regret it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and may, maybe that's the case. But, you know... It, it it doesn't mean necessarily it has to result in a criminal prosecution and and it, and a result like this because again as I I've said you know the the dynamic between two people uh, is very very complex 
And this was just a very challenging case because of all the evidence that that was there and the way the evidence was told. Okay. Thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, We have time for maybe one call quickly. So let's go to Winsome in Toronto. Hello? Hi. (laughs) Hey. Um, Thanks for taking my call. I was shocked I got through so easily. Quickly, I think they should give Gomeshi a break. You know, some women are too easy and jump into bed too quickly. I was never like that, and um, uh, he needs to get a break. Well, I don't think the the other thing is, you know, we shouldn't put the women on trial. Um, No, I'm not putting them on trial, but they should, like, you know, go slowly, take it easy. And say no sometimes. Well, you know? yeah, but that's that's neither here nor there in a criminal prosecution. Um, you know, I that, I oh. I don't think we should be judging their sexual mores. Oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong then. Well, that's my that's my opinion. But so you're thinking that uh, we should give him a break? Yeah, my goodness, you know, he was tempted, big temptation. <laughs> well. <laughs> Okay, Winsome, thanks very much for your call. And tell him if he needs a job, I need a lawnmower, a guy to mow the lawn, and a dog walker. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure he'll be lining up for that. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Bye-bye. You're great. You're great. I like your program. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Okay, uh, Joseph Neuberger, we have to switch gears. Uh, Any parting thought on this? No, we'll uh, we'll talk about the next high-profile case and see if things change. Okay, so, we'll see if thank things you for change. Thanks for having me on, and thank you so much for all your insight. We appreciate it very My much. My pleasure. Be well. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.